Welcome to the Topic of Conversation with your host, Rob Scoggins, Jr. Well, hey, everybody. My name's Rob Scoggins. I am your host of the Topic of Conversation. We're here every week at the Original Brooklyn's, and we are so happy to be here at the Original Brooklyn's, 100 yards away from where the Broncos play, and they won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50 this year. They were just at Obama's house um, having some good times with him, and, and he just they just got congratulated for winning the 50th Super Bowl of the United States of America. And we're so proud to be right next to that. And we also want to thank Diane and Jimmy and, and the whole gang here at Original Brooklyn's for hosting us every Wednesday night. And we are so happy to be here. Once again, I'm Rob Scoggins. I'm your host of the Topic of Conversation. We are here every Wednesday night. You can visit us on our iTunes. You can visit us on thetopicofconversation.com. You can also see us on SoundCloud. And we want to thank SoundCloud for hosting us. That puts us in 40 different countries. So we're heard in Turkey and Russia. We're heard in... Uh, Indonesia. We're big in Mexico. We're big in, uh, what was the other one we're big in? Uh, what was it? All, all of them. So um, we're, heard in 40, we're heard in 40 different countries and we're really, really happy to be here tonight. Um, we want to thank the, the, the general public uh, who listened to us and we also want to thank uh, Laura's uh, d- dedicated friends and fans and, and our dedicated friends and fans who come here weekly to enjoy it live and be part of our live studio audience. And uh, check out us on uh, Facebook at thetopicofconversation.com to see the next topics coming up. Next week will be Oscar Blues. We're going to talk about them being one of the biggest and brightest uh, microbrews here because uh, a beer fest is coming up soon. Um, we're, we'll also be talking uh, to, after uh, the week after that, um, uh, we'll be talking to an international lawyer about international, international business and what's going on in the world. He's going to tell us what's going on in the international world of business with China. He's going to tell us about China. He's going to tell us about Indonesia. He's going to tell us about... Uh, all that good stuff. And then after that, uh, we're going to have uh, a young lady who's like the J.R. Tolkien of Denver. She's writing sci-fi novels. She'll, she'll be at the, she'll be at the um, what's it called, Comic-Con this weekend. Uh, so check that out. Um, and uh, she'll be here uh, at the end of the month. So we have some great topics coming up. But tonight uh, is, is a lot of fun. Uh, and don't forget to uh, get some food here at Original Brooklyn's too. Uh, tonight we have uh, a, a lovely lady. I've known her for five years. I've been trying to get her on the show forever. But it just didn't work out when I was in the Rhino District and being at the press club didn't work out. So, but now it has. We're not only uh, uh, here to uh, celebrate her and learn more about her and what she does for the city and uh, state of uh, uh, Colorado. Uh, we're also here to uh, wish her happy birthday. That's right. Uh, she is celebrating her 50 birthday. But tonight's topic is about helping artists and entrepreneurs find homes and get financial freedom. So that's the main topic tonight, but we're going to learn a lot about her. Please welcome to the show, the topic of conversation tonight is Laura Copperthwaite. Coppertite. Kypersnite? Coppernite? Nice. What is it? I told you, Coppertwat. Coppertwat. That's right. That shit just rolls off the tongue, too. It does. It's Coppertwat. No, seriously, that's a true thing with you, isn't it? You were were Coppertwat at one of your first... That auditions? Is tr- that is a true thing. Or on your first, <laughs> what was it? There's a theater company in Chicago called the Neo Futurists. Okay. And they had me on their mailing list as Lara Guppertwat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and did you just go with it? You're like, I don't know. Are you kidding? I've saved all those envelopes and someday I'm going to wallpaper a bathroom. <laughs> did you ever get a check that said copper whatever twat? Oh. All kinds of versions. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And the correct pronunciation would be cowperthwaite. Cowperthwaite. So it's like a cow birth weight. Yeah. I a usually, cow giving weight. A cow have what? I usually say, ask yourself how many cows perthwaite. Cows perthwaite. Cowperthwaite. Cowperthwaite. And is is that um, 
Indonesian? What is that? Northern English. Northern English. Yes. Of course it is. So yeah. Cowper um, was a barrel makers, and Thwaite indicated land ownership. No, it's a nice name. Nice, strong name. Right. My goodness. Oh. Yeah. Landowners. We made who... barrels and owned property. Wow. And I've got a barrel, and I own nothing. So that's why you're here. I can fix that. Now you can fix that. Yes. First of all, I'm sure a lot of people in the audience uh, here tonight and people listening uh, who, who know you and love you, they already know bits and pieces of your life. They already know, you know, hey, she does this, she does this, she's doing this now. But they don't know a lot about your past. So, and, and you've had, a, you had a, a wonderful theater past. So let's go back a little ways um, because it is your birthday. And on birthdays, we always celebrate life and we always think about life and who's, what life you've lived and what life you're about to live. Um, let's go back to your childhood and, and, and tell us, you know, where you grew up and, and what type of girl were you? Well, I grew up in Wichita, Kansas. And my Chicago people always said, you can take the girl out of Kansas, but you can't take the Kansas out of the girl. And that's very true. I'm really a Midwest gal. Yeah. Um, and my first love was theater. So I did that really all the way up through college. Um, Were you a singer, dancer, actor? Did you at all? I was an actress until I really came to terms with the fact that I couldn't stand the rejection of uh, auditioning and not getting the part. So then I thought, oh, well, I'll dance. And so I went and I danced for several years. Um, But I had an accident, fell down a flight of stairs and couldn't dance anymore. So at that point, I moved to Chicago. And that's when I started getting into... Was this after college? Yes, because I didn't finish college in... In Kansas. The first time around, yeah. I graduated from Columbia oh, wow. in Chicago. Okay, yeah. Did you, a, go to the, did you go to state? And which, did you go to, uh, I went to uh, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, go KU. Okay, you were blue, so you're blue. Mm-hmm. Okay, blue. not blue, not, not purple. Not purple. Got it. Although my brother... Very purple. Is purple. Ooh, that yeah. could be fun in the family, isn't it? It's a great time. Is it? Because, you know, a Always. tiger or whatever, whatever they are, panther, what are they? Wildcats. Wildcats can eat Jayhawks. I mean, they're... No, 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 no. I mean, for dinner. No, 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 no. The Wildcats. No. No, I dated the a woman. No, I dated a woman. I dated a woman once. That's how she did the. That's how she did her bracket. If the animal or creature could beat the other one physically, that would be how. So, I like, do let's it say too. the Spartans, the, the Michigan State, was going up against the Jayhawks. Right. She'd go Spartan. Yeah, because the Spartans could kill the bird, but that's Correct. not the case. Or impregnate it. Yeah. Or not impregnate. No, she kills no. the bird. The Jayhawk. It's a. It's a magical, powerful bird. It could kill pretty much anything. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't know that. So, so well, now you do. So you were, you're, uh, uh, you're, you're an, act, you're an artist, um, you know, an actress, and, and trying, and then you moved to Chicago mm-hmm. and went to Columbus you know, University there. Yeah, yeah. and he helped and produce um, our Columbia University really Chicago. experimental yeah. theater. What's that? Um, it's a theater, non-language based theater, so movement based theater. Oh, like um, mime. Very well. No, it's more non-linear storytelling. It's oh, is this where, is, European? Is, is this where the women wear white dresses and they're barefoot and jump around the stage? You could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I could. Okay, that'd be nice. <laughs> so I did I don't that. Know what the crowd thinks about that, but they, and that was that. okay. The guys would be shirtless for you women. The guys would be shirtless, jump around the stage, and now they're smiling. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so I did that in Chicago, and then I spent about ten years working with a marketing research firm as their director of um, creative services, and I helped consumers generate ideas for products. So people would come in. Big companies. So people would come in. Let's say I have an idea. They'd come in, and I say, look, I want to invent 
I want to vid, um, yeah, we had like Frito-Lay would come to us with a new potato chip product. Yeah, or, or I would come Pillsbury in, had a new microwave cake or, or <laughs> those kinds of things. And then that we would name good. them or come up with the benefit statements and the marketing that would go around it. Very fun. Yeah. So that I, I want to do stackable cookies like what Pringles do. Oh. Yeah. Excellent. I don't know how we do that, but well, I guess you just put them in a jar and yeah, stack them up. I got out of that job because... <laughs> I don't know. I got out of that job. I had to beg my boss to let me go because mm-hmm. we were doing some work on a certain hair growth product. And the success of the product was ridiculous. The clinical psychologist said, or scientist said, oh, we've taken bald guys who have six hairs per square inch, and after only six months of using the product, now they have 10 hairs per square inch. And what is it? My idea well, was it Rogaine. Oh, it was Rogaine. Yeah, it was yeah, Rogaine. Right. And at that point, you had to have a doctor's prescription. Right. Use it twice a day. Yeah. And it was like sixty bucks a month or and something. And you had to, to keep doing it. it. And you have to keep doing it. Keep doing it. And so my thought was, why didn't we just generate ideas to help men be more comfortable being bald? And uh, it was at that point nah. I knew I had to move on. Like oh, that, I was no was, longer was effective it. in that job. Because you were telling them, you know, no, yeah. nothing wrong with being bald. I'm going bald. I like it. Bald is sexy. Is it? I think so. Patrick Stewart, you find sexy? Totally. What other what other bald men do you find? What other bald men do you find? No, Patrick Stewart's not Star. That's Star Trek. That's Star Trek. It's okay. You know, they're they're both in the stars. J.J. Abrams is going to figure out how they can meet someday. Someday they will. Someday they will. Um, Someday they will. It'd be really weird, but it's going to happen. What other bald men do you find? Oh my goodness! They could be celebrities. It's fine. Well, Ewell Brenner. Really. Sure. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. the king and I. That's goes right. back to your I want to be days. the I. You want to be the I. I yeah. want to be the I of the king and I. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. Uh, shall we dance? One, two, three, right? Yes. Um, and then who else? Who else do you got? I'm trying to think who else is ball. Oh, um, not John Stamos. Who's the other, like... John Hancock? No. Um, do you like Michael Jordan? Do you find him sure. attractive? Sure, yeah. yeah. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's yeah. attractive. Yeah, a lot of bald men. Just in general, bald yeah. is sexy. So going back to when you're, when you're going through Chicago and going through all these stages in your life, when did you find out that, um, that, that theater may not be uh, the thing for you? Well, theater will always be my love, but I realized I, did, I couldn't do the audition part, so I tried the tech part for a while. And really, I did that all the way up through, um, I mean, in 1997, we purchased a church at... 10th and Acoma here in Denver. Okay. Converted it, mm-hmm. Converted it to a theater. This is you and your uh, family? Put together a little partnership okay. to buy the building. Awesome. And um, it is now Curious Theater Company. That's you? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, Curious is not me. Right, but I mean you, the, 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 the church. But we bought the church and converted it, and I produced there um, for the first five years. Did you realize what you were doing at the time? You're taking, do you remember what denomination it was? Yes, it was the f- Swedish Evangelical Free Church, and Mamie Eisenhower went to church there. So it wasn't a very, it, not many people went. So that's why it was for sale? That's not a denomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not and a the Golden I've Triangle in 1997, 96, the Golden Triangle was auto body parts shops, and it was desolate. In Denver. In Denver, yeah. And what consists of the Golden Triangle? What, how does it, because I know Bermuda, I know how that it's works. Beer, but I don't know. No? And Broadway, and probably like Glenarm. Okay. All right. So that's the triangle. That's the triangle. It's called the Golden Triangle. Yeah. 
and this this church that you bought. And what's the denomination one more time? Well, it was originally the Swedish Evangelical Free Church, and then when we bought it, it was the Upper Room something. Church or something. But it's a nice Some... Gothic-looking church. It's not. It looks. It still looks like a church. It wasn't a. No, it was a church. It was a church. Church. It had with a, a steeple. full plunge baptismal font on the dais. Did you keep that? Uh, Did they keep that? Well, no, we took the we took the baptismal font out, but we kept the water line so that it can rain on stage. Oh wow! Yeah, really? Yeah, so it can rain on the stage. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's great. So okay, so you bought that, and then you. And what year was this? About what year? That was ninety. Let's see, ninety four. Ninety four. Ninety four. Um. So in nineteen ninety four, you bought the church, and did you did you know you wanted to do you know community theater there? That we was bought the- it to make to do theater and not community theater. We bought it with the commitment to pay our artists. Okay. Who worked there, and I'm proud to say. Since then, we have always paid our talent and our designers. Mm. Yes. That's special. Um, and I had two goals. I wanted to make sure that we always paid the artists, and I wanted someday to see a play that was published by Samuel French. And when you open it up, it says, first produced at mm. the Acoma Center. And I think we have three now that Sam French has produced that were originally produced at the Curious Theater Company. Wow. What did you call it when you were there in 1994? What the Acoma Center. The Acoma Center. Yeah. And then what was what was the attraction? What were you? What type of plays? What type of what type of events would you guys do there? And how did you gut the place? How did you make it a theater? Um, a guy named James Gale, who had come out of uh, the Royal Shakespeare Company in London, came to town, and uh, wow. he and I met, and his team, um, and a number of really fantastic, amazing people converted it. Um, And he produced there until they wound up going back to London. And then Curious came in. We did did kind of all kinds of interesting things. Like we did the original two or three years of the um, Art Museum's Film Festival. We produced there. And Britta Erickson came in, too. We hired Britta, and she came in and did a lot of producing. And tell people who Britta is. Tell people who these names are. People who are listening are in the audience. The audience might know, but people listening may not. Right, right, right. So Britta Erickson is the director of the uh, Denver Film Society. And she produces the film festival nice. here in town. It's wonderful, and it's a great film festival every year. Excellent. We actually had that. We actually had that gang on uh, about two seasons ago. Oh, great! Uh, Patrick was on. Uh, Patrick O'Brien, I believe mm-hmm. his name was. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a great, nice guy. So look for the next one on that one. Uh, going from that, I mean, when did you when did you say okay, 1994 to when was you you guys building this theater? Group? Um, we bought the theater in '94. I transitioned out. A curious came in in '90. Seven. And they, did they buy it from you, or did they say we want to we want to house this, or are you well, rent, that are was, you renting it? That was the original. The city had marked from the art museum south. The city had marked a seg like four or five blocks of Acoma as the Avenue of the Arts. Nice. Now it hasn't gotten much play, but it's a great um, name, though. Yeah, I mean that's a and Denver's the size show. of a city that could that could easily have an Avenue of the Arts. So we bought it with the idea of finding somebody to permanently occupy it, and so. Curious came in, and a couple of years after they got there, we, we had a letter of intent for them to buy the property. And then the owner group, we worked really closely with them over the few years. And I'm going to say in 2010, 2009, they bought the building. Wow. And now they own their property. Now, were you a landlord the whole time? Were you, is, mm-hmm. That was yours from 94 to yes. 90, 2009? Yes, when they purchased it, yeah. Wow, okay. And the goal was for that organization to own their real estate. 
Now, when you were saying you were actually paying the artists and paying the set designers and paying the art directors and everything, what type of were they were they doing off Broadway shows? Were they doing original shows? What type of shows were besides you know what the lady from the Film Society was doing? What type of stuff was being played there? Well, Curious has been always committed to regional premieres, regional or world premieres, and so that that is very much what what we are committed to now. Um, and so we do as long as it hasn't been produced in the region. You'll take it. Well, and the play reading committee decides. Now, are some of your some of your actors uh, um, equity, uh, which is the all yes. So we the. The company started out as a company of designers, and now they have a, I think a, a group of twenty six artists. And some are designers, some are actors, some are directors, um, uh, and they make most everybody makes their living from making live art. That's incredible. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and it's right here in Denver, going on every week. Fantastic. Group. And you can go on the website, which is curiousTheater.com and find org. A, dot org. Mm-hmm. Sorry. CuriousTheater.org and find out what's going on and getting involved with Curious mm-hmm. Theater. If you're in, coming in through Denver and you want to see some good, um, good, you know, live professional theater uh, at a reasonable price, that's a great place to go. It is correct. Yeah. They serve drinks. Can you get drunk? They do. Really? We have the Sanctuary Bar upstairs, oh, and you could get whiskey, the Sanctuary Bar, wine or beer. I love that. Does Quasimodo, does Quasimodo serve you? I like that. <laughs> what would you like? I'm going to make that suggestion. You should. That'd be fun. I don't know. You should theme it. Make, yeah. make it like Hunchback of Notre Dame theme. You know? <laughs> yeah, everybody walking around singing songs and ringing bells. And... Do, you have any, do, you have a, do they do they name a drink after you? No, not yet. The copper twat? No. <laughs> <laughs> funny. I'm going to make that suggestion. Well, why not? I mean, it's who you, I mean, that's. That's right. I mean, your, your union card says that, so. <laughs> I don't know. No one's going to steal that name. You're good for, no, but, yeah. You are good for life. We are not going to see that again. <laughs> you are good for life. Anywhere on else. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, do you, which did you enjoy more growing up and, and being in Chicago? Did you enjoy singing, dancing, or, or acting? Which, which, is, which is more of your passion? What do you like? Did, did for you, not, not going to view, but what you enjoyed. Dance was always my passion. Dance. Dance was always my passion. And ironically, you know, as we grow older, I think all of us probably have an example in our heart of, oh, gosh, did I let that go too soon or, you know, some sort of potential regret. And um, when my oldest was 12, I was watching him dance and I realized he really is a exquisite dancer. And I realized I was a dancer, not so that I could be a dancer, but so that I could be the mother of a dancer. It's nice. And uh, he's quite something. That's awesome. Yeah. Now you do have children. How many kids do you have? I have three boys. Three boys. And what are they? What are they're all? They're all grown up, right? They're all out of high school and almost, out there man. on their oh, almost man. Almost. I almost can see man. the light what, at the end you, of that what, what tunnel. Do you have, what, do you have, <laughs> what? What? What do you have left? <laughs> yeah. Well, about three more months. <laughs> oh, really? Is this three more months of university or three more months of high school? Three more months till the youngest. He's going to a very weird high school. Yeah. He, goes he just graduated high school. Oh, okay. And now he is going off for a gap year. So he, he chose to go to Ecuador and Peru. I just want to, what, what's his name? Willard. Willard, if you listen to this, I commend you for what you're doing. And I think more kids in America should. Mm-hmm. And I think more parents in America should let their, my son's going to do this. Yes. I've already told him, you're not going straight to college. He goes, thank you. And mm-hmm. um, 
And uh, he's telling his friends that. So he's like, he's like, he's bragging, like, I don't have to go straight to college. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Europe, as you know, uh, being over in yeah. Europe a lot, and I'm be, I've been over in Europe a lot, that's what they do with their children. They send them out. Go. Go look at life. Go right. see what you like. Go, go to a different country. World. Go see the world. You might meet somebody. You might find something you like. We're, they're graduating at a rate mm-hmm. uh, better than we are because they're graduating, their kids are graduating at 25, 26, and 27 with their undergrad degree. Mm-hmm. Typically in the United States, that's when they're graduating with their master's. Right, because they have a lot more life in... experience and a lot more understanding of other cultures yes. and how other people live. and It's really... So his name again is? Willard. Young... Willard. Willard. Yeah. Willard is a smart young boy, and you're a smart mom, and, and, and your family is smart to let him do it. Just go out there and see something. Go out there mm-hmm. and find something. Mm-hmm. Because we send our kids... The only reason why I went straight to school is because I got a scholarship to play baseball. Oh. Well, why not? Okay, you're going to pay me to play? Okay. Right. Not pay me. Oops, sorry, NCAA. Sorry. No, no, no. He didn't pay me. I... <laughs> okay. Um, but, but, you know, scholarship. Yeah. People, if you have a scholarship, go. I mean, I get it. If you're a brainiac, go. Well, if, if you know you what you, know you, you want to really do, learn go. About, yeah, go. But... but if not, take the time, take a deep breath, mm-hmm. be 18, be 19, be 20, and just Go live a yeah. little bit. It's too expensive to be assuming that debt when yeah. you don't have a direction. Our, our, our United States debt now has more children under the age of 35. And I know a child's not 35. But we have people under 35 with more. We have more student loan debt combined than we do credit card debt in our, in our country now. Wow. We just surpassed it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And um, we'll see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. But tell him good luck. Where is he going? Peru and Ecuador. Well, right. I know. Well, tell him to get his shots. Yeah. No, I, I mean, the buck docks. You have to get him into buck docks. I had to get him into buck, him, buck, I had to get him into buck I might have to tie him down. You might need to come <laughs> over and hold him you, down I, for me. I think yellow fever you can get in the leg. Okay. But I think the nurse is going to go, mm, buttocks. buttocks. So, <laughs> and that's the way they do it. It's hilarious. You know, he's you at walk that in there age and say, where Let he's me see your more buttocks. than happy to pull his pants down for any woman who asks. So it'll be fine. Well, okay, good luck in Peru. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's going to be awkward. I'm so happy I'm not going to be there. <laughs> yeah, no, don't want to. Yeah, no. But um, Peruvian people are lovely people. I mean, that whole mm. area, that whole area of, of yeah, South America is gorgeous. Great time. And I can't wait for the Olympics because they're going to highlight it so, so well. Right. In, in Brazil, in Argentina. And there's nothing going on in Argentina, but they're going to fly over it. They have to. So, um, well, that's great. And then the next one, the, the second one up. So the middleman is a junior at CU. Is that what you call him, the middleman? The that's, middleman. That's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. Good. Yeah. He's at CU. CU Boulder. He's at CU Boulder, so All he's right. above. I guess Mike's not here. Still. Nobody. But, yep. Uh, we're getting tweet, yeah. tweet, 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 blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, one. Good. Go Buffs. Yeah, right. Yay, buffs. And then <laughs> uh, that's the Buffaloes, folks. University of Colorado Boulder is yeah. what, what's being referred to right there. So, um, so, he's, and, there so he's there and All right. part of a fraternity and studying political science and psychology and having a great time. <laughs> Those are great majors. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Okay. Um, and no, he'll be fine. I'm just kidding. And then in the next one. And then the oldest is the dancer in This New is York. the dancer, right. Yeah. This is the famous one. Yeah. Um, unbelievable story. I was very blessed to meet him five years ago when you oh, brought yeah. him to the studio. That's right. Uh, when we were over in Rhino River North District, also known as officially around the Colorado uh, Denver metro area as, as Rhino. Um, you brought him there, and, mm-hmm. and we wished him well, and uh, we had a nice little nice uh, chat with him. And, and uh, what a wonderful kid, and he's doing great things. He is. He's Boy. got a movie coming out on... Can you think uh, you can dance? The kid can dance. The kid, he's good. Can, dance. The kid can dance. Yeah. He's got a movie coming out June 25th. Um, center stage three on point. Nice, the romantic lead, um, and he just Do you know recently what's to, got. This, is, this was filmed in New York. It or? was filmed in um, Vancouver. Vancouver, oh yeah, yeah. 
Much and cheaper then, of to, course, he got his paycheck, and he was all psyched about the paycheck. And then he got the Canadian taxes. Yeah, Ooh, and that gosh. was not so fun. Yeah, so that was that was an interesting mm-hmm. thing. Um, and uh, he's going to be doing the Gene Kelly role in the U.S. Broadway tour for American in Paris. So oh, he'll wow. be here in March at the DCPA stage. All right. Well, well you got to get you got to hook me up there. Yeah, we will. No, we're just trying to get. No, we'll do a big group. And we'll do a big group. I'll interview him. You know, yeah. maybe we can get him here. Yeah, maybe we can fun. get him here and uh, do a Wednesday show if they're dark. Yeah, only if oh, they're dark. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, and we, maybe we'll do a little special thing for him. Yeah, he's neat. A uh, wonderful kid, wonderful, wonderful uh, talent, and and his name is his stage name. Does he go, does he have a stage name like Copper or whatever? Like he yours? decided to keep Cowperthwaite. No, oh, did he? So he's Barton Cowperthwaite. Wow, that's kind of yeah. like the kid from uh, England, right? Uh, right, like Bobcat Goldthwait. No, the, no, the, or... guy, the, um, the 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 British guy who played, was in Star Trek. He played Khan. What was his name? Everybody, anybody? Mm. Copper Batch. Oh, Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. So thank you, thank you, audience. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that, that's wonderful. So he's doing, um, he's he, and he graduated from where? He went to went University to, went, of Arizona in Tucson. In Tucson, the yeah. dance, the dance, yeah. the dance studio. Yeah, they have a conservatory dance program inside the Big Ten College, so it was perfect for him. And then he got his union, and then he got his equity card, and he's out. Right, he's having a great time. He's out. He's so, me, but he's mainly doing movies though. He's not. He's doing a little bit of everything. So he's actually got an off-Broadway show that he's workshopping right now. Um, he just got back from Cabo doing some big dance gala down there. And he's a young man. He's under 30? He's going to be 24 in July. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then when is the Gene Kelly? When is the American in Paris? He uh, starts gonna... rehearsal in August, and they'll be here in March. So they'll premiere it here? Are they, are they... No, they'll, it's a tour, so I'm not sure where it starts, starts... but it'll be here in March. Oh, that's awesome. Next March, March of seventeen, and then he's doing it in New York. That's where the that's where they're staging it. Where is he staging? It? Well, that's where they'll be rehearsing. That's what I mean. Yeah, because yeah. the they already have a Broadway show up and running. Okay. So this now they're the the, the Broadway mount is so successful. Now they're they're go like oh we can do a national tour. And he'll be the lead. He's Gene Kelly. Yeah, one of three. One so of yeah, three. Yeah, the sure, they multiple cast the role. Yeah, of course. But, that's a lot. That's a lot yeah. of work. Gene yeah. Kelly, woof. And talent. I miss Gene, people like Gene Kelly and Danny Kaye and, oh, and that group. Danny Kaye was my favorite. Who did you like when, uh, what women, you know, first of all, what women did you really idolize to get you into the, the dancing? I mean, there's some wonderful, I mean, you know, Rogers would be. Well, really, would the, be the woman big I one. admired the most. Ginger Rogers. Who's right? not going to mean anything to anybody here. You never know. Her name was Maxine Kinsley, and she lived across the street. Oh, no. No one knows. Totally. And she drove a coral colored. Bumper Bullet Cadillac. <laughs> and I wanted to be her when I grew up. Really? Yeah. With the horn rim glasses and everything? Yeah. The suits, the uh-huh. 1960s, like, little suits. And, and and was she a dancer? No. She was a... She was you just a, liked her look. A, a single, successful woman. You just liked her look. From my viewpoint yeah. of, of being, you know, like a 10-year-old girl. And this was in, this was in Kansas. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Outside of that, what other... What other dancers? Ginger Rogers? Or was there, um, the, uh, what's her name? Uh, who, I can't think of her name. Debbie Reynolds? You know, all of those gals. I loved all that. Musical theater always thrilled but me. But nobody and... just said, oh, I want to, you know, that's who I want to be. Dorothy, I mean, not Dorothy Gale, but I mean, not Dorothy Gale. Not Dorothy, Dorothy Gale. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. But um, um, uh, what was her name? They played Dorothy Gale in Wizard of Oz. What was her name? Um, can't remember. Uh, Judy Garland. Judy Garland, yeah. yeah. That should, was that a big influence? Were any of those women big influence? Or did you like the guys? I you know, know, no. Um, for me, it was always about free spirits who um, followed their heart. Yeah. And 
lot of times those aren't the stars. Those are the quiet people that live across the street or you meet through a friend or whatever. Those are the people that interest me the most. There are some very quiet actors out there who are making a wonderful career for themselves mm -hmm. in theater, in movies, in, in, uh, mm -hmm. in dance. People don't know their names. They're not, they're not household names, but they're making a wonderful career. Mm -hmm. um, soon your son is going to be a household name, uh, especially with this tour coming up and the movie coming out. Um, one, one more thing before we go to break. When, when you think of what you were going to do, how did you end up from Chicago, that area, to here, how did tell us the trip from Chicago to here? Well, I, I followed my husband. Okay. So we met in Chicago. He was there doing an architectural um, internship, and we came back here, and so that's what brought me here. And I didn't really love Denver very much. And that was in the mid '90s. At the yeah. first, yeah. Well, we got here in '91. Mm -hmm. Early '90s. Um, early '90s, and I didn't really love Denver until probably the last 10, 12 years when it really started to kind of come into its own. So when, the, when they won the Super Bowl. The creative community started. Well, it was really more about the creative community expanding. No, I know, but I'm just saying that. that yeah. Th those years. Yeah. yeah. Those years. Yeah. It was really when, when did the, when did the theater open, Denver Center Performing Arts, when it got that big? DCPA? Oh, my gosh. Donald Sewell had that vision. In, was that 90s? It was the late 70s, early 80s, 80s when he had the vision for it. Right. But, I mean, when did it become the powerhouse that it is now? The minute they completed it, it has the second largest number of seats. Yeah. Second only to the Kennedy Center. Yeah. So it's it's really a big deal across the country. It is. And it's won a Tony. It, it wins Tonys. It wins yeah, it won great, a couple of Tonys. It, wins, it, runs, it wins awards all the time yeah. for being one of the best off-Broadway uh, uh, theaters in the country. Mm -hmm. it's, and, it's, and it's a Denver's a preferred spot on the Broadway tryout circuit. And oh, yeah. Coming. They love coming here. Yeah, the Lion King launched here. Their, their Broadway, their off-Broadway launched here. Mm -hmm. Book of Mormon launched here. Um, Mary Poppins launched here. I mean, you can just keep naming them. They just boom, yeah. boom, Pippin. I mean, just boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And they built that space specifically because they wanted to bring that back. Yeah. So the city, when they built this, they wanted that. And they, they made sure the stage has the correct hydraulics and the, the load-in and load-out and the prosceniums and all the things that they need for Broadway shows to come here. We know Laura's life uh, off Broadway and being being uh, touring and and loving life from from youth and loving dance from youth to now. When we come back after break, we're going to learn what she does for artists, what she does for entrepreneurs, and how she's helping the city of Colorado change and, and become a better creative place. We'll be back right after the break. My name is Rob Scoggins. You're listening to the Topic Conversation, and we'll be back. Thanks. Just a kindly reminder, everybody, that the show is brought to you by our official drink, Zing Tea, the official drink of the topic of conversation. Anytime that you are around the Denver metro area or just around your grocery stores in the United States and Canada, Zing Tea is right there. X-I-N-G-T. You go to xingt.com. That's Zing Tea, the official drink of the topic of conversation. I'm your host, Rob Scoggins, and just want to remind you to have a thing for Zing. Zing Tea at your local superstores and your convenience stores around the country. Thank you. Hey everybody, and welcome back. I just want to welcome everybody back. My name is Rob Scoggins. I am your host of the Topic of Conversation. We record live every Wednesday night here at the, at the original Brooklyn's, the historical original Brooklyn's in the old part of uh, Denver, about 100 yards away from where the Broncos play. We're, pri we're privileged and happy to be here every Wednesday night. We want to thank Di and Jimmy and all the gang here at the original Brooklyn's. If you're planning a party, if you're planning an event, if you're just having a group together that needs to get together that night, they are wonderful to work with here. You can give them a call. They've got a wonderful patio during the spring and summer. They have a back patio 
year-round. They have upstairs, downstairs, just like, uh, just like any other good old classic uh, sports bar and grill. Uh, it's very reasonably priced, so give them a call here at the original Brooklyn's to book an event here during your very special occasion. It can be weddings. It can be just whatever. They have uh, meet-up groups here all the time. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to meet up with your friends and family. And also, before games, you can actually come here before a Rockies game. You can park in their uh, parking lot right over, uh, over, over, there near, um, over there near the light rail. Come to Brooklyn's, have a grab, grab some grub, get on the light rail, go to the game, and come back, grab some grub, and go home. It's a wonderful, wonderful way to see downtown on light rail as well. And, uh, of course, uh, I want to thank, uh, I thank my, my crew. I could, not do this. I could not do this without them on a weekly basis. I want to thank my... My technical, my technical director and my, um, my editor, uh, chief editor, uh, Will Hartman, sitting back there. I also want to thank uh, Matthew Schiff, sitting back there. He's my pr producer and director uh, as well. He's also a great sound editor as well. And, of course, the newest member to the staff, Stephanie uh, Patterson, uh, right over there. She does all of our social networking and stuff for us. And, um, of course, uh, some of our corresponding producers are here. Uh, Jude and, and Seth Bradley and Judith DeLorca. Uh, we love it when they show up too as well. And of course, Maxwell Vision just showed up. So that's awesome too. So we are having a lot of fun. Yeah, Maxwell's been on the show before. So we love to see him and uh, come on back in. So tonight's topic, uh, we're having a great time uh, talking about uh, life and, and entertainment and, and raising children and all that good stuff. But now we're getting to the nitty gritty. We're going to invite back Laura uh, to the stage, and we're going to talk more about what she's doing for the Denver, Colorado metro area and beautifying it and helping young artists and young entrepreneurs find homes and find shelter and become financially free. Laura, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks, Rob. I'm good. Yeah. Um, we are, we've been talking about your life and your past. Now we're going to talk about the present. And what you're doing for young artists and entrepreneurs is incredible. Um, you, they, they, they find you or you find them. How does this... How does this uh, uh, synchronicity thing work? Well, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I reach out to the community a lot. I've been in the art community since I got here. Um, and I'm really passionate about helping artists survive as artists. Um, and real estate just has turned out. I've tried lots of different ways. Curious Theater was one of them. When we opened that, the notion was we will always pay our artists. And um, real estate's a gazillion times more powerful in terms of putting money in the pocket of artists to enable them to do what they want to do. It so, really is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you buy a house, and then it's one of the only things in 10 years that might be worth more. Because everything else, yeah. a car depreciates, your, your motorcycle depreciates, your Cannondale bike depreciates. The stock market is very unpredictable and really difficult to wrap your head around, but real estate is, is relatively simple. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. And Denver is exploding. And artists and real estate have a long, long history um, of creatives going into the cruddy neighborhoods because that's where they can afford to be. They make it really groovy cool, and then the rents rise, and they get pushed out to the next cruddy neighborhood. So we have a, I think artists and entrepreneurs have probably the single best and longest going back throughout time uh, track record of actually converting dilapidated real estate into something that people want. Denver, Colorado, folks, is the t one of the 10 top fastest growing cities in population in our, in our country, and it's in the top 20 in population with about 670,000 living mm -hmm. in the metro area. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, it becomes a, more of a million uh, to a million point two 
if you do the, the seven county or the five counties that surround the Denver, the Denver County, Denver City. So we are absolutely exploding. Uh, and, and I know that Northern, Northern Aurora is exploding, where I live in Golden is going crazy, mm -hmm. uh, Arapahoe County is going crazy, and the seventh wealthiest county in the country, Douglas County, is exploding. Mm -hmm. um, unbelievable stats for this, for this area. And we have our leadership, our governor and our mayor both are very committed to small businesses and to creative communities, and they understand that those two elements are huge economic drivers. So they really are looking to how can policy, how can our city governments really help support those people to help grow our city? Now, I think the millennials, and I've had a, I've had a few millennials on the show. I've talked to them outside of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not afraid of rent. They're not afraid of, uh, of, of living in an apartment or living in a, in a rental-type unit mm -hmm. um, where uh, people our age were like, well, that's not, that's not really freedom, but it, it's a start. Is it because uh, a lot of the millennials are graduating with a lot of debt? Uh, the, the average debt in our country for a student graduating is $36,000 uh, in student loan debt, and right. that's just dead debt. They're, it's a debt mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't really do bankruptcy on because they don't let you right. anymore. Thanks, President Bush. Mm -hmm. um, but they, um, but they will, uh, is, 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 do you see that as a trend? Or? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. So, so yes, they, they, they perceive that they have a lot of debt. And that makes them concerned about getting a mortgage and taking on more debt. Or starting a family, even. But also, even. we have to remember, they came of age during the downturn. Yeah, you're right. And so they have a different perspective. It's kind of like when you talk to somebody who grew up in the Depression era, they have an, a perspective. These kids grew up in the recession, right. so they have a different perspective. Hard to believe the recession will be almost 10 years old in a few years. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. That it started almost 10 years ago. Yeah. So, so the millennials, many of them, that's their experience is the recession. And it was pretty devastating. And millennials are folks who are uh, 21 to 32 years old. Uh, typically, they're in that age range. Uh, and then it, hits, then it hits the Y generation and the X generation. Mm -hmm. Then the baby boomers and then the greatest. And we're losing the greatest uh, every, every freaking and, day. And Denver, <laughs> I mean, Muhammad Ali was, was right on the bubble. Tiny, tiny, tiny percentage yeah. of those of that generation actually live here. Yeah. Very small percentage. The oldest baby boomers will be turning 70 years old this year, where the uh, greatest generation will be turning 72, 73. Uh, and uh, we're losing them like, mm -hmm. like wildfire. I'm the tail end of the baby You're the tail end. I'm the tail end of the baby boomers. And uh, I'm, I'm right in the middle of the X. Mm -hmm. uh, Obama's an X, which I was surprised. I was like, mm -hmm. he's, he's right there, isn't he? Um, or he's right at the beginning of the of the spin, mm -hmm. and then the wide generation, and then of obviously the millennials, and then the kids are our, our kids' age. Yeah, um, who are like kind of millennial, but not. Uh, they're 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 the yeah they're the next, and the we don't have a name age, for them. The technical yet. age or the the um, whatever it's yeah called. we don't the demographers haven't come up with a <laughs> exactly. name for them yet. I'm sure I'm sure the media will come up with one soon. Yeah. The, the whole concept of people buying a home. I mean, these artists buying a home. Mm -hmm. Typically, artists are are very giving. Uh, a lot of the artists I've interviewed, and artists, what I mean by people who paint, people who sculpt, people who do theater, those type of artists. Um, of course, everybody's an artist. I mean, you can say an architect is an artist. You can say... I come from the perspective that everyone everybody. is creative. Sure. And, but these are the ones I'm, I'm pinpointing just because these are the people, when you say artist, people think, okay, sculptor, painter, mm -hmm. uh, someone who's doing... Actor, actor musician. musician. Typically, uh, there are, are there, they're job-to-jobs. Typically, they're 1099s. Typically not just 1099s, they're, they're, they're month to month. I mean, they don't know, they'll do contract to contract and things like that. How hard is that to get somebody, I mean, isn't that hard to get them a house? Well, well, first of all, I would just like to say that this is really interesting to hear from you because I believe that the starving artist archetype is dead. 
So what I'm hearing is, oh my goodness, these people, they work hand to mouth and da, da, da. that's not really the case. And actually at, at my age, I've, I'm happy to say that I've lived through a period where the starving art, artist archetype was very real. Now we've, we really highly value our creatives. I mean, the, the blue chip companies, they want creatives. They it's want a, people the that can think now. out of the box. They want people that can come up with new content, that see the world differently. And they strive to hire those people. They want those people on their team. So we, 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 I'm happy to say that I've lived to see the day when artists really are rising to the top of the value chain. People see how important it is to support those people, hear them, bring in what they have to offer. So, and they're, yes, they're, they do have a tendency to be 1099. But that doesn't mean they don't have money. Because back, at, let's <clears throat> let's say back before the recession, even back before the first recession, which was in the mid '90s. Let's go back to the '80s when <clears throat> when the baby boomers were young. Everybody had money. There was no dot coms. Everybody's working, working, working. Uh, moms and dads were working. It wasn't mm -hmm. just dads. We had dual incomes. We had a lot of income back then. There were times when realtors would actually go to your work to interview, make sure you had that job. They would interview, make, they would follow your whole lifestyle the whole day mm -hmm. just to make sure you're who you are. And then 2008 comes around, they didn't care who you were. Now, how did you, and it's so amazing that the Denver metro area escaped all that. It seemed like the recession never really hit Denver, Colorado. It didn't really hit Colorado. How did Colorado escape the recession? Well, we didn't really escape it, but we hit about a year early than the rest of the nation did. So really, we, we, we were already suffering from it a year before the rest of the country. So when it came, I also think that there's something about the Denver area where we, we, we really do have that pioneer spirit, that, that what Hickenlooper calls giddy-up. You know, we have that, <laughs> that thing that, you know, drives us to keep figuring it out. So we have that. And folks who are listening, Governor Hickenlooper is our governor of the great state of Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, so there, we, we escaped it. We didn't, it didn't see us. It just kind of went over us because the, there weren't a lot of homes. There are not a lot of homes in the, in the Denver metro area at that time, but now there are. I mean, they're booming. So where is it that, that kids, uh, that you're targeting these young people? Let's say somebody was coming from Chicago. They were an artist. They got a, they got a gig at the Denver Center Performing mm -hmm. Arts. Um, and, and well, they what come I do is I, I, spend, I spend a certain amount of time going out and speaking to different meetup groups and different creative organizations about how um, a little bit of money can be leveraged to buy real estate. And real estate pays in a number of ways. The, the most powerful example would be um, if, if you're a painter and your monthly nut is $1,500. That's what your rent and your utilities and That's your the minimum you can make. And, that's what you need to make to survive, survive. survive on a money. monthly basis. That's okay. no extras. That's just what you need to make to survive. So just imagine if you had a rental property that was cash flowing $1,500 a month. So you could wake up in the morning and know that your electric bill is paid. And you don't have to worry about making the money to feed yourself. You could wake up in the morning and go, oh, what am I going to make today? What am I going to paint today? What am I going to compose today? Because real estate is covering your monthly nut. Mm -hmm. that, that, that kind of freedom, many people don't understand that that, that actually is achievable. Sure. Um, and so really me and my team, we set out to help people understand that that is achievable and we're here to help them do it. Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks and obviously famous for being on Shark Tank and being a very outspoken 
uh, you know, philanthropist and all that stuff. Um, he even says the biggest freedom in America is financial. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest freedom mm-hmm. is to have no debt and, and living. If you can wake up in the morning and decide what you want to do. That's freedom. That's freedom. That's freedom. Financial freedom is, is now the freedom. But the problem is, and we talked about this right. earlier in the show, is that we're graduating our kids mm. with, 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 an, with an, and excuse mm-hmm. the phrase, folks, I'm not trying to be too graphic, but with ankle chains on, mm-hmm. with this giant yeah. cannonball on their leg going. They're imprisoned is, by their debt. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's hard for them. They're not starting families. They're starting families in their late, late mm-hmm. 30s They're now. delaying marriage. They're, they're, they're delaying everything. Right. So it, it's hard on them. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I feel for them. And I'm sorry for them. And there's, is there anything that you can do uh, as the lady who is helping all these young artists out? Is there anything you can do to help them? I mean, is there, what, what, what can you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really what I've done is I've created a team of, of white-collar professionals. So attorneys, financial planners, mortgage lenders, real estate agents, mortgage brokers, that their desire is to help creatives do that. Deal with their debt, get on top of things, start finding properties, build wealth, get into that financial freedom place. So absolutely, that's something that we do every day. Yeah. And and to the point where, where are you putting them? I mean, obviously when like when, when a certain, you know, you, you want kinds s- of place. social economic background, I don't want to be too stereotypical right. or too, you know, you know, gender thing, but when, so when you interview somebody like, okay, well, this area would be great for you. You should be in River North. You should be in Lodo. You should mm-hmm. be in, you know, North Aurora, wherever. Mm-hmm. Where do you place these people? Where, where is the center of the artistic, young, creative mind in Denver? Well, it really depends on the person. So I always come at it from... Tell me about your process. What do you make? How do you make it? Where do you sell it? Who do you like to socialize with? What's your lifestyle? Then from so you there, even go, you even go to sexuality. You go into everything, every every facet of their life. Everything, yeah. Everything because they like. really, and truly, do you like swimming? I, do you like I'm boys? Do you like girls? What, do you like where stuff? is their heart? Sure. What really thrills them? That's good. And then I can say, oh well, <laughs> maybe you know, Tennyson makes sense for you, or maybe the um, Aurora. North District makes mm-hmm. sense for you. It just, just really depends. So me and my team, we really approach it from where is their heart and how can we support their dreams and visions. What's the, say somebody is, is listening to us and they're in California or Atlanta or one big city or even small little Wichita, Kansas, mm-hmm. and they want to move here. And what would you tell them before they move here? Would you tell them have $5,000 in their pocket before they get here or come here broke and we'll help you? I mean, what, what's the easiest thing to tell these young folks? Uh, to save some money in Wichita or save some money in the city that you're in, you know, live with your folks for a little while, then move here. What's the best amount of money to have in their pocket before they come to Denver? Well, it really depends because, I mean, we've helped people buy property with as little as $1,000 down. Um, There are some really great state programs and other kinds of programs out there to help people own homes. Um, So, again, it very much depends. When they say, oh, I'm thinking about moving to Denver, I'm like, great, when are you going to be here? get here now because this is a fabulous city. Yeah. There's so much opportunity. Culture, and, arts, food. Oh, my goodness. I'm just like, get here soon. Just just come. Yeah. The rest will work itself out. It will. And, and we will help you. So there is no major, no major thing you would tell these young people around the United States to, to plan ahead. Just come and... and, and well, I guess the, the one thing I, I... There's a couple things. I would say, first of all... Because we're getting an influx of them. I mean, we, they're coming we every have four month. four to 5,000 millennials every moving here a month. month. And 300,000 millennials sleeping in their parents' basements. We have a huge millennial 
percentage of our population. Um, but I kind of tell people a couple things. Um, one is um, celebrate money whenever it comes to you, whether it's, oh my goodness, I found a penny in the parking lot, to, oh, I overpaid that bill, and I got a refund. That's, that, to me, that's free money, and at my house we do a free money dance. I could teach it to y'all. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, celebrate money whenever it comes to you, however it comes to you, be glad it came, because it shifts the energy around money. Um, and then the other thing is don't be afraid of the suit. Um, the, coming from the background that I came from, artists were, oh my God. Little, hip, the, the little suit, hipsters, yeah. The, the suit, me. you know, the, the business person, like we, when I was younger, was always afraid, oh, the suit, they're going to judge me and they're going to think about this. And, uh, and I'm like, don't be afraid of the suit anymore. And uh, me and my team, we're about, we are the suits, but... We don't wear suits, really. Um, but you're the company, you're but, the corporation that's trying yeah, to help them. Yeah, and we're here to help. And more and more and more, those white-collar professionals, we're seeing, I'm seeing a, a, a visually, measurably um, growing appreciation and respect for artists. Now, on the other side of the coin, uh, folks, uh, a lot of millennials aren't poor. They're doing, some of oh, them are doing no. quite well. So there are the millennials who are coming out of school debt, and struggling a little bit and, and doing their thing, but there's also a huge group of them. Mm. And folks, let me just explain to you the millennials. The millennials as a, as a group, of, as an age group, they are bigger than the Y and X generation combined. Uh, they're not as big as, as the baby boomers, which is about 100 million people, uh, and that's about a quarter of our population. Our population now is about 360 million people in the United States of America, which, by the way, is the same amount of children that they have in India. 350 million children in India, same population as us. Wow. Should we be worried? Yeah. I don't know, not yet. But the millennials are, are a huge population, about 70 million mm -hmm. kids. And that is um, an infrastructure number, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a bigger than the Y and the X combined. Mm -hmm. We're only about 35 million. Mm -hmm. And we can't pay for either one of them. So we and they're to, doing really interesting things. The millennials are fascinating. Well, and they have a shifting... Um, uh, values hierarchy. Like my generation, um, we wanted bigger, better. Yeah, you you know, I mean, car, I came from he who dies with the most toys wins. That right. was the theme song of the 80s. It is. And now That's it's much boomers, more yeah. about um, freedom and lifestyle. And minimalist. And, 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 and the ability to move and react to whatever is happening in the world and respond. Yeah. And so for the first time, I think it was 20... 13, we saw the size of new build homes shrink for yeah. the first time since the 50s, since World War II. So these guys, the millennials, they're like, oh, I don't need a lot of stuff. I want to experience the world. I want to go and do and see and feel. And they don't mind living in And community. they don't need huge, giant yeah. McMansions. So they're buying smaller places that require, and they're very environmentally sensitive. So they don't want big, huge yards of grass that they have to water. Yes, they want to they wanna be able to grow food, and they want to be able to maybe raise some chickens and that kind of thing. But you don't need a lot of land to do that. So they have sort of a shifting uh, level of priorities um, that's also helping them. And what's so ironic is that 60% uh, of the millennials' parents are baby boomers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's just like, what? Um, you guys were raised on, like you said, you know, Biggest Toys Wins, 
where these guys are minimalists. Well, great movie if you haven't seen the minimalist, mm-hmm. uh, the movie, fantastic movie. Hope you can rent it, see it, digitalize it, whatever. But see that movie; it's great. It's these two men who live basically on almost nothing, mm-hmm. and they show you how to live minimally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a wonderful film. So, going back to that, the these kids are they don't they want to live in communities. They want to live in downtowns. They right. don't care. They right. they, they want to live on. And they right. like it, and it's well, fun. Well, it's one of the things that the Live Work Denver team, we're really looking to build um, property specifically designed for this group of people, these millennials. They're non-location-based entrepreneurs who maybe do three months in Denver and three months in Milwaukee and six months in Florida, and you know they go around the country. So they want to lock and load. Now we have these beautiful Airbnb mm-hmm. kind of setups. And so we're looking to build property that, that, that suits them. They can live and work from the same place. They can uh, configure their space in different ways, meaning if they want to sublet a piece of their property, they could, or, you know, and these small, like-minded communities. So maybe they're, they do a lot of sort of referral business or, you know, this co-working kind of model that's been coming out. Our developments are really looking to capitalize and provide um, spaces that will serve those needs for this millennial group. Which brings me to Boulder, Colorado, mm-hmm. which is where your son goes to school. It's like a microcosm of what's happening across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, these hotels, these building hotels, these extended stay hotels, whether it be Hampton or, or Hampton Plus or, mm-hmm. or Days Inn or Studio Plus or Extended Stay America, um, just for an instance, the hall at the Hilton up there. Mm-hmm. Um, half there, half there is a, the beginning. The part of the beginning part is the hotel, mm-hmm. and then behind it are apartments. They're actually renting the rooms mm-hmm. as apartments. Mm-hmm. Is that becoming a trend for the millennials? Because a lot of kids are doing it. And does that cut into your, well, I think does that they, cut into your kind of what you want to do for them and finding them a home? I mean, I think they, they would like to do it. I've seen a lot of ideas tossed out about different models about how they would do it. The trick is these non-location-based millennials that are working in different cities around the country, it prevents them from the benefits of owning their real estate. So if you're a renter versus somebody who owns your home, you have about $150,000 more wealth if you own your home versus if you're a renter. So a renter has about $5,000 worth of wealth, and a homeowner has about $150,000, $560,000 worth of wealth. So it's really important to own your real estate if you're taking that step towards financial freedom. When you're a non-location-based entrepreneur, you have a very good rationale for not owning a home. Sure. So we want to build for those people so that they can build the wealth and maintain their businesses as they, as the world evolves this new model that we're seeing. Laura, you also mentioned uh, the biggest phenomenon that's happened in the real estate world and also rental, rental world is Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable what they've done in a, such a short amount of time. Fantastic. Um, explain to people how Airbnb did it, if you know uh, a little bit of their story. And if you don't know their story, explain how it works. Actually, I just listened to a podcast with these guys recently. So I don't know when exactly it was, but literally they rented out a room and they were like, oh my God, we could make this a thing. And so they did, and they dealt with some legislation and that kind of thing. But basically, I think most people know how it works. There's a website and I'm taking my kids to Chicago for Lollapalooza in July, and I'm doing an Airbnb in the city. Way better than a hotel. You have a kitchen, so you can make breakfast or lunch or whatever, and it's a much better way to go than staying in a hotel. And you're never concerned about who might be in there or whose place it might be or 
Because they're all, they're all screened, right? I mean, they're all well, screened. Well, what I hear, I mean, I, I would imagine, of course, there are going to be a horror story or two. But when you think of the tens of thousands of rooms that get rented a year, really, it's very low, the, the statistics of having problems. It's so with the, ba- with the baby, baby, baby boomer generation, who is becoming empty nesters is the term we use in our culture of, of, mm-hmm. of, of parents who no longer have children in their home, uh, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the term they're using. Uh, the empty nesters, they're starting to do the, the Airbnbs, and it seems mm-hmm. to be making uh, some pretty good supplemental income mm-hmm. uh, for them for their home. It basically could you know, pay your mortgage if you still had one. Yeah, or supplement it. Supplement your mortgage, yeah. yeah. It's a wonderful thing to do as an Airbnb. I mean, I think it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's another one of those things, the models that are, the new business models that are coming out of this millennial generation. Uh, the Uber is another mm-hmm. one. You know, Uber they're, and Lyft. They're, yeah, so it's a combination of the internet and web-based businesses, and this new generation that's growing up that has this incredibly creative approach to the world is delivering all these new products that I think are going to make our world better. In your professional opinion, has the internet helped the real estate world or hurt it? Helped it. Okay. Without a doubt. All right. Without a doubt. And the thing for me, when I look at the real estate world, are we trusting the internet too much? Is our society becoming so trusting of it that... You know, we're doing Airbnb, we're staying at people's homes we do not know. We would never do that 50 years ago. Uh, we are staying, we are, we, are, we are hitchhiking basically again with Lyft and Uber. People 50, 50 years ago did that all the time. But in the 1980s and 90s, no one would, would, would put out their thumb and, and pick any hitchhiker up. That's basically what Lyft and, and Uber is to me. I've not, I'm not going to do it. I won't do it. And that's fine. Other people can get in strangers' cars and do what they want to do. Um, but uh, these are things that I wouldn't do. I wouldn't run up my host to a stranger. I just wouldn't, and I wouldn't put a stranger in my car. I would, you know, if I had a taxi and I was bonded and I was licensed and I was protected, I might. But Lyft and these places don't. Are we, are as a society, are we trusting the internet too much? Well, I don't know. I guess you've hit on something that I get, that that touches me deeply at a philosophical level, and that is that I decided a long time ago I wanted to live in a world where people are basically good, and yes, bad things happen. But I'm not going to live my life in fear that something bad might happen. And I think the millennials, at least the ones that I encounter and see and that I think are bringing birth to these products, they live in that world They live in a very trusting world. They They live in a trusting world. Knowing that, yeah, bad things happen, but do you really want to live your life based on that fear that something might happen? Or, Or do you want to go forth trusting and loving? And... Personally, I think it's a, a paradigm shift that our species is in enjoying at the moment. I like that. Where is the best place to live in Colorado? Where, where, not the best place to live, but most affordable or, or a place that you would tell a young person or someone who just moved here you know, mm-hmm. as a middle-aged person or an older person who wants to retire here? Where's a good place okay. for them? Well, I live in the Baker neighborhood, and it has become Explain really... Explain that, because a lot of people don't know that. Baker is um, north, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, south of downtown. Um, kind of bounded by Broadway and Calamath or I-25. So just Google the Mayan Theater. Yeah, Mayan Theater is kind of the heart, and I live about a half a block from there. And I really love Baker. It's a completely diverse neighborhood, both income and ethnically and demographically. It's just really diverse and very pedestrian-friendly neighborhood. Um, What's the next neighborhood, which is a question I get a lot. Um, I kind of like the South Broadway area. Um, 
all the way up to Inglewood and into Inglewood. We've got a light rail goes that direction. You've got the bike path along the Platte River, all the wonderful commercial and everything that's going on along South Broadway. Um, so I kind of feel like that's sort of the next spot. Um, affordable warehouse, like the, the areas that us creatives and entrepreneurs usually went into, the dilapidated warehouse neighborhoods, those don't really exist very much in Denver anymore. Thank you, cannabis industry. Thank you, cannabis industry. Okay. Yeah. The they, cannabis they took them industry all. has pretty much gobbled up all of that kind of property that artists usually went to. It's about pot. The camp, cannabis, uh, the people who, uh, yeah. the dispensaries have those now. Yeah. Um, I can't thank you enough for being here. Tell, tell people how they can get in touch with you, how they can find you, uh, all, the, all the social media that you and your company do. Uh, tell us a little bit about how they can find you. Great, happily. So uh, we have a website, www.liveworkdenver.com. Um, and there I actually have written a book um, designed oh. to help artists and entrepreneurs interested in looking at, at real estate and how they might leverage that um, for their own well-being. And they can download a copy of the book from the website. Um, that's probably the best way. I don't know if I really want to give out my phone number. You don't have to give out your phone number. No, no, you can give out, <laughs> give out your website and, every, yeah, and, so and your Facebook and all that stuff. Yeah, so www.livedenver.com. Um, you can find me at Lara Cowperthwaite. Um, on Facebook, my personal page is wide open. We do have a Live Work Denver Facebook page um, that they can come to. Um, and from those two spots, you can, you'll can you find us. Great. Or just Google, Google Live Workspace Denver, and we're at the top of the search. Are you ready for Rob's Fast Five questions? Yes. Because here we go. Um, you're, from, you're from Kansas, right? Yes. I've been to Kansas. Why did Dorothy want to go back there? <laughs> I think it's... Because that's honest. where Auntie M was. No, no, it's not good enough. <laughs> you know, when you grow up there, that the plains are beautiful. Yeah. The Flint Hills, the sunflowers that track with the sun during the day. It's a, it's a beautiful place to be from. No, it's a great place. Wichita and, 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 uh, and Manhattan, Kansas is where the state is. Or, yeah, where the state, no, I know. And then uh, the Jayhawks are where? Uh, Jayhawks are in Lawrence. And I've been to Hayes, Kansas. You know where Hayes is? I do. Uh, the, they, they have a bread, the bread company, beer company is there. Yes, Like yes, the yes. only thing and there. And you drive through Hayes. They have yeah. a big dinosaur museum there. Yeah, it's and, neat. Yeah. So, I mean, and you, it's all flat. It's, it's very flat. Flat, But there's flat a beauty state. in that. Sure. There is a beauty in that. Yeah. Especially if you're No, there. No woman's going to the doctor saying, I want to be flat. But, okay, no. Um, no. Um, <laughs> but there is some beauty in that. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about flat belly. <laughs> no, I, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, uh, very funny. But uh, we uh, next question. Next yes. question. Um, if you were, uh, if you want to, you know, when you were dancing, mm-hmm. when you were a girl, young lady, now, um, what man would you want to dance with, and why? Well, I would love to dance with Fred Astaire because he would be a great lead, and I'm a really good follower. Okay, and that's the answer. Yeah, uh, not that. Not that he's cool. No, I'm just kidding. He is well, cool. Fred Astaire he, is cool. He, he did wear a suit really well. He did. Wasn't he good? Yeah, he looked good You in could suit. Google anything Fred Astaire did yeah. and it's just remarkable. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe Danny Kaye. Danny Kaye's fun. That'd I be fun. That'd be Danny fun for Kay. you too. Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. stuff. I don't know if people know who Danny Kaye is, but the court jester, he also did um, uh, the Inspector General. Great, great movies yeah. if you ever get a Excellent. chance to see those. Excellent. When you, when you were in theater and you were helping those kids and mm-hmm. you were helping the, uh, helping, helping the, and buying the church and all that mm-hmm. stuff, what were you thinking on, on, on that level of, I'm going to buy a church and, and make it a, a theater? What was, what was going through your guys' heads? 
you know, really since college, since, so I'm going to say 1978, my passion has been how do we raise artists to the level of respect that they deserve and have earned? And so that's really what it's always been about for me, whether it was buying the theater, whether it was doing an international exchange project or helping somebody buy a house. It's really about empowering the artist to do what they do because they are the keepers of our culture. Oprah Winfrey is worth $3.5 billion. She has no children. She's never been married. What should, who should she leave her money to? Oh, my. She's worth $3.5 billion. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. She should leave her money to Bernie Sanders. He would know what to do with it. Bernie Sanders is 75. Oprah is 60. So? I'm <laughs> just saying. I mean, this was not like a, this was not like a real question. I didn't have to follow any rules. Question. It's a real question. Okay. Okay. Bernie Sanders? Leave it to somebody like Bernie Sanders? Yeah, somebody who, and I think Sanders would know what to do with it. I wouldn't know what to do with $3.5 billion. With movies in the industry of movies making, uh, we've had two movies that have already made a billion dollars worldwide. Zootopia and Captain America have already eclipsed that. We're going to have, they're on schedule this year. This year, folks, in the movie industry in Hollywood, they're on schedule to have 10 movies make a billion dollars or more worldwide. And this is only in the United States. So they think, they think uh, the X-Men will make that. They think... Uh, the the um, Spider-Man, not Batman versus Superman, is going to end up making that. Uh, Star Wars made that already. So we're getting to these billion-dollar movies. I think that um, I, I think that, uh, uh, that you know Star Wars. And, um, the arts. The arts is always complaining. We don't have any money. We don't have any money. We don't have any money. There's tons of money in Hollywood. Now these these people who are you know making all this money. Um, don't you think they should help the United States instead of? Well, here's the thing about money. We have this idea that money is real, and it is not. Money is an idea. It is literally... A, Alexander Hamilton. It is a verbal agreement, yeah. and that is all money is. The minute we divorced it, Nixon, I think it was Nixon, divorced it from the gold standard. He did. The minute it was divorced well, he from was the gold standard, started, he... money is just a verbal agreement. So this notion that they should do this or should, or money never... Shift your thinking around money, and it comes to you. Because... It's just an idea. So I don't care what they do with their money because it's just an idea. And ideas are free. Therefore, money is free if you get your energy in alignment with it. Fascinating. I can't thank you enough for being here. You've been an absolute joy. I want to thank your friends and your family and your fans for being here tonight as well. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> And I just want to remind everybody to listen, laugh, and, and talk as much as you can. And wake up every day with a purpose to do good things for yourself and for others, just like Laura does every day. And you might be downtown Denver, right here at the original Brooklyn's, sitting next to me as our topic of conversation. My name's Rob Scoggins. I've been your host all night. Have a great day, and good night. Yeah.